Today on the Sound Rider Show, we're talking fall riding ideas. Dionese is coming to the Pacific Northwest for custom suit fittings, and five dealerships have closed here in Washington. Should be a good one. All that and so much more ahead on the Sound Rider Show. Support for Sound Rider and the Sound Rider Show is made possible by Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I-5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today. This is Scott McMillan from Adventure Motorsports in Monroe. Welcome to the Sound Rider Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. So you want to just get right into it? We might as well dive in head first. I think that's the right thing to do. So uh, September 19th, 2019, at 9.19 in the morning and 19 seconds. <laughs> Officially. Employees started to show up at one of five dealerships and were told to go home. That's right, yeah, and that all happened kind of up and down the I-5 corridor, corridor here in the greater Seattle area. So the Noble Rush dealership group. And I called Connie when I got word of it that afternoon, and I said, the chickens have come home to roost. Well, the whole thing is kind of a bummer, so let's just let's start by recapping. I guess officially it's five, and I think that the reason it's five is because the BMW Motorcycles of Seattle also includes KTM Motorcycles of Seattle, right? Well, the reason it's five is because it's Redmond Ducati, right? it's the BMW shop, and then on the other side of that was the Ducati shop, right? it's Hinshaw's Motorsports, and then a separate shop, Indian of Auburn. Right. So, so that's five physical locations. Yeah. So and the one thing I guess is the the BMW and uh, here in Seattle they had two buildings that were more or less right across the street as they do down in Indian I guess. But either way. So yeah. So the KTM's were all stuffed in the used bike building. Right on the other side of the street or just yeah. across the street there. Uh, but either way, a huge hit um, to the motorcycling community here. And really a bummer. And, you know, the biggest thing that stands out to me, and I'm sure that you share this sentiment, but right off the bat is almost 100 employees uh, without jobs just like that. And that's a real bummer. So, you know, my, my hearts go out to them because uh, that's not easy. That's not when you want to see when you come to work in the morning. Yeah, we have a list of the tragedies that we'll go through here, and that's the first one on the list. Yeah. Uh, my first question, though, is how did this guy get this far down the road snowballing all these losses for seven years, and then finally somebody, well, we don't, you know, they say it's a bankruptcy, but nobody can find a filing for a bankruptcy. Well, that's it, and you know, and I, I for one, would like to offer that caveat that right now there's still a lot of speculation and no confirmed answers have been given. So, you know, I want to treat it with as much respect as I can because on the one hand, it is. It's a shame, obviously, that we've got employees out of work and five dealerships have closed. But also, on the other hand, we don't have 
the full array of facts of just yet. So there's a lot of speculation that's going around right now. No, but we do know some facts. Um, you know, some of the OEMs like Honda, sure, they have sort of a uh, a rule within their company that you can't own two Honda shops in the in line with each other geographically. Now, Ducati didn't seem to care about that and put all their eggs in one basket, letting him buy Ducati Seattle, and then he bought Ducati Redmond. And uh, that caused a big problem for anybody who owns a Ducati now because they would have to go down to Fife to get any service parts or buy a new bike. Uh, since there's no dealers up in North End and the other closest dealers are Spokane and Portland. Right, a little bit of a hike. And, of course, here in Washington, down in Fife, that's South Sound Motorcycles, which also carries BMW as well. Um, the good thing is is they're a, a pretty reputable dealer, so if you are going to go down there for service, I think you're in pretty good hands. Yeah, and, you know, um, he had the option to buy that up until last spring. So he could have owned three in a triangle. Right, the, the, the owner of the Noble Rush Ownership Group could, have, could have taken that on, yeah. Um, it is a uh, you know that is a tricky thing, but obviously this is more than just Ducati. I mean, we've got lines uh, pretty almost every line there is, with the exception of Harley Davidson in this ownership group. Just about, yeah, 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 just about. Um, who was the banker who let this all? build up like this well see this is the thing this is where i get hesitant to speculate too much because we don't just not knowing the full situation i mean obviously there was some i thought you might personally know the bank <laughs> <laughs> i think he uh he wears a black top hat and uh has a, a mustache and two black dots for eyes he looks like the monopoly guy um no but you know to speculate on that is tough and because to get this far down the road, like you said, is does raise some red flags, but also it does mean that that's, at least some point there was probably, um, you know, they were probably in a position to do that. So it makes you kind of wonder what happened in the beginning of this ownership tenure versus the latter half of the tenure, and how do we see that reflected in the greater Seattle motorcycle market at large? I mean, if I was a banker, I'd be looking at business plans, and then I'd be looking at actual sales and seeing how they're probably missing forecast. And uh, I'd, I'd be a little hesitant. I mean, maybe maybe there was bankers who were hesitant to loan him money and he just went on to the next guy. I don't know. Uh, anyways, let's talk about that, that uh, list of tragedies because it, it, when I read this through to you, you'll see the magnitude that this has on the whole region. You, know, you talked about uh, you know 100 people that lost their jobs. And uh, yeah, that's, that's not good. A, a few of them are winding up with new jobs already. Yep. But not everybody, and it's going to take a while for people to get work again. Uh, locked up property. How about all those used bikes that are on consignment over there on Lake City that the owners can't get in to get their bikes out? Uh, what about all the bikes that were in for service that were in pieces? Sure. Uh, we know that some of those bikes, they threw all the pieces into you know a cargo bin and shipped it down to... South Sound Motorcycles to get finished. Um, let's, let's see. Uh, oh, how about all the people who had gift cards? Sure. $50, maybe $100. Somebody had a $500 gift card. That's like a brick now, you know? It's nothing. Can't yeah. Use it. Well, it's a kickstand pad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was your $500 kickstand pad. Well, those are those are definitely you're right among the tops of the tragedies there. A couple of things I would I would like to highlight though is one, the motorcycle community, uh, in particular the employees that have 
lost their jobs. There's been quite a few that have returned to try to rectify some of those errors. So getting uh, bikes that had down payments on them, getting those into the hands of the new owners, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to finish up repairs to get motorcycles back, trying to answer questions. And as far as we know, there's been no guarantee of compensation for that. But a tip of the hat to those employees for going in. Yeah, those guys would be uh, guys and girls would be on the top of my list for who I would hire if I owned a shop, because that kind of dedication to your customer base is exactly what motorcycling is about. And that's what really makes the community thrive so you know hats off to those yep yep uh oh you know now one of the things when you buy a bike sometimes they like to sell you an extended warranty sure and that extended warranty unless it's backed by the manufacturer is just something that is specific to that shop or you can buy the uh, extended service contract and that's always specific to the shop right so if you paid you know five hundred dollars for an extended service contract boop out the window. Yeah. Same thing with an extended warranty that's specific to the shop. So uh, uh, those customers are screwed. Well, we don't know that in the long term, though, because if a new owner comes in, they may decide to honor those uh, those requests. It's not entirely likely, but we'll have to see how this all shakes out. Mm-hmm. Again, this is very early in the process. As we record this, uh, we are right at the end of September. So if you're for some reason you're listening October 31st, um, a month from now, you know, things may have changed oh, yeah. dramatically. There, oh, yeah. So. Oh, what we do know this morning as we're recording is that there there was a lawsuit filed by a company called VW Credit out of the Midwest right? Uh, based on 170 Ducati units that were purchased in the spring and placed between Lake City and Redmond. So um, that's interesting. Yeah. And that, that tells us if the lawsuit was placed, then there's – there apparently isn't a bankruptcy that's been filed. Well, so the early reports are that nobody can find any any information on that. But again, it's so early in the process. I'm really hesitant just to overly speculate because we don't want to. Well, then that's it. The show's over. Yeah. If you don't want to speculate, <laughs> the show's over. Well, no, I think it. But I, I think I think it does. I think it is important to to reinforce that because again, at the early stages of this. There are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of opportunity that may be coming down the pike. There's a lot of existing dealers that may take on lines. There's new owners that may come in. So we want to see that happen. At least I certainly do. I want to see the full community bounce back from this. And uh, I think there is a lot of potential for that looking ahead. Yeah, I I kind of don't think you're going to see any of these shops get sold to a new owner who's going to go and put plunk all his money down to, to uh buy back into those OEMs because you have to get approved every time you do that. Sure. And you have to have a chunk of money to get each OEM. So uh, we'll we'll see where that all goes. Um, let's see. Um, we – oh, a lot of customers are asking where I take my bike. Mm-hmm. And my first suggestion was, you know, use the manufacturer OEM website – and it'll tell you who the other dealers are around. And I thought, well, what if I own like, you know, three of the brands that are sold down there at the Noble Russian Auburn? So I went ahead and spent a whole day and did an update on the dealer directory. You've done this before. Yeah. You know, it, it takes a long time to do it. It certainly does. But I went in and freshened it up. So you can get on Soundwriter. Uh, you can go down on the bottom right and look for Pacific Northwest Dealers link and then that'll take you to the directory you can sort that by the brand that you're looking for so if you want to see who the ktm dealers are you can click on on the filter there and bring down ktm and you'll see who who they all are um 
So that's all freshened up. And again, if if that's not working for you, go over to the manufacturer website and look at their dealer locate, sure. locator, which is kind of clunky on some of them. Really kind of. It really is, yeah. So um, that's been done. Now, uh, other people who got burned in this are the landowners because they're going to be out a tenant now for as long as it takes them to get their building freshened up to show and find a new renter. Um, some of these buildings in particular – now, I've never been through the service area of the Indian of Auburn – but I would guess that it's pretty well decked out to be motorcycle friendly. So I know specifically up at Lake City, uh, all the bays are downstairs and they all have ventilation systems built into them. So it's very motorcycle friendly space right. and the concrete was all cut and, and made just right. And that's going to be a little funky maybe for somebody who isn't really thinking of putting a motorcycle business in down there. Maybe they want to do, you know. Some other kind of retail or some other kind of wholesale or something. I don't know. Sure. But uh, that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Um, and then the former owners, several of them had personal notes with Howard Crow. Are they ever going to get paid on what's due on those notes? Well, I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, and how are those notes written? Does it default back to the uh, the original owners? If the business closes, no, it can't because there again, the uh, the the former owners don't have any affiliations now with the manufacturers, so they can't just automatically take over the shop and start selling Hondas and KTM's, sure, and that sort of thing again. You know, they have to go through the whole process of getting cleared and all that. Plus, they don't want to be in the motorcycle business <laughs> anymore. They got out of it because they wanted to retire, so. So uh, you know a lot, a lot of a lot of tragedy here, and all the customers that are left up in the air. Now, I will say, uh, a number of dealers have been very vocal this week about saying, "Hey, we're here. Yeah, we cover those yes. lines. Come and see us." Absolutely. So, uh, so that's been a good thing. But uh, I don't know. A weird, weird uh, couple ten days here. Yeah, it has been strange, but let's let's uh, maybe look ahead a little bit here. Okay, let's let's talk real quick about service. Looking ahead, sure. Okay, so there's a, there's a number of people who do independent service. Uh, it's important for an owner to understand that any bikes that were made in the last two decades probably have some proprietary tools that need to go along with them when they get a, a major service done on them. Uh, and also uh, a certified tech who's been educated in how to do that work. It's not like not like the old days when you just popped your Honda over to your buddy's house and popped a timing cap off and sure and, and you know took the top off the motor and adjusted the valves. It's just not like that anymore. All right, it's took the clutch out of your complex. lawnmower and put it in your motorcycle. A lot of these bikes have uh, diagnostic tools that need to go with them. So if you're one of those people that was thinking about using an independent. Uh, if it's a major servicing, what you might want to do is go and get the manual for your bike. Even though you're not going to do the work, buy the manual. It might cost you 100 bucks. It might cost you 150 bucks. But you can go through and better know what is going to be done on your bike during a major service, level one, level two, level three, whatever it is. 
and and know what the tools are that are required. And then if you want to use that independent guy, you say, hey, well, have you got the diagnostic tool for the fuel injection? And if he doesn't have it, you you got to move on and find somebody who does or take it to an OEM shop. Yeah, well, studying your manual is always good advice. That's an early tip and trick anyway, right? That's one of the first things you should do when you buy a new motorcycle or used motorcycle is look yeah. for that that original manual. Get the manual, yeah. not not just the little handbook that comes with it. I'm right. talking about the shop manual. Yeah, get in there, the climb manual. So, so yeah, so you want to talk about moving forward, so. Yeah. Well, so here's you mentioned that uh, you know, some of these buildings are decked out for motorcycles uh specific businesses. My my early stage thought was that the first two things that will probably come back online would be formerly Ride West, BMW Motorcycles of Seattle, and formerly Henshaw's Noble Rush of Auburn. I feel like those two are, are going to be pretty attractive to some experienced motorcycle operators that are in the area. We'll have to see about that. Yeah, you don't think so? I'm not hearing anything like that right now. Well, so. but I'm just saying from a historical perspective, right, the the market share that those businesses were able to build respectively. And like here in Seattle, the popularity of BMWs in particular like the, the GS1200s and that kind of thing, I think that that at least is going to get some interest not just from the OEM from getting that back online but also from some people that are going to look at it and say, well – you know, it's had a pretty successful run at some point. Maybe we can look at the numbers here and come back in and, and get the lights on. Yeah, you know, um, ownership is an important thing. Um, when we're talking about some of these shops over the years that have been po- bought by bean counters sure. who weren't at the location day in, day out. They just were, you know, like in the case of Howard Crow, he's doing his job at Microsoft. He's not watching his babies all day long. And um, so you got an absentee owner. And what we know in the Puget Sound so far is that an absentee owner shop just has never worked. It's always been the owners who were dedicated, who went to work every day. So that's Ron Orr at Hinshaw's. Sure. Dedicated guy. He had an office upstairs. You could walk up to his office anytime and say hello. He's very personable. Um if I want to do an interview with him, I could sit down with him and do an interview. The same goes for Keith and Ann Ty. And um, they built those businesses up, but they did it because they, they, it was from the top down. It was all goodness from the top down. And good, good employee training, that was apparent. It was apparent in the Facebook post that customer service was not something that was being taught at these dealerships of late. So, but is that entirely fair, though? I mean, because I went to, I've frequented a lot of these dealerships, and I found that they had some pretty knowledgeable staff members in all of the locations, and some pretty personable people too. So I always, I always kind of shy away from like those Facebook posts because it's kind of like you see a bad Yelp review on a restaurant, and then you read it, and somebody says that you know the waiter ticked them off, and so they give them one star. Like, I don't know if that's entirely reflective. I'm not sure that that... Well, I, I personally experienced going into several of those shops and never having anybody come to me and say, hey, how you doing today? What can I do for you? And it was interesting because yesterday I went into Triumph of Seattle and walked up into the Northwest Moto Room, Sure. and a guy hit me right away when I came through the door. Hey, how's it going today? Oh, they've got great, great team members. And then there. I walked down to the Triumph Room, and the sales guy walked right up to me and says, Hey, anything uh, I could do for you today? You know, and, and that's 
That's, I mean, it's basic customer service 101 training. Sure. I wasn't seeing that at some of these other shops. So I, I had a good experience at the other shops. I would say that. So may, I guess it's mixed, but certainly uh, between the two of us, the consistency that you mentioned, like at Triumph of Seattle, is certainly there. Um, so maybe uh, maybe that was one of the issues. But there there were a lot of good employees there, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I can think of a lot by name that I talked to on many, many occasions that, that really knew their stuff. The apparel girl, Haley, has landed over at Triumph of Seattle. Right, from BMW Motorcycles from the BMW, in Seattle. Uh, she right. was in a Ducati shop, I think, on Lake City. Uh, she was on the BMW side. Oh, she was? Yep. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so there's already some employees that are landing in new spots, as we, as we mentioned earlier, which is great to see. And I know that, uh, for the most part, most of the dealerships that I visit have needed help. So if you're out there listening and you're thinking, where am I going to go next if you're one of these... Yeah, start making some calls. Start making some calls because pretty much all the dealerships in the last couple of months that I have visited need help. And uh, I know some of the um, some of the cha- like Cycle Gear too. A lot of those locations as well. So if your parts are apparel or something like that, you know, maybe pop your head in there too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to make one more point, and then we're going to leave this subject and take a break, um, and we'll come back and do the news bites. But uh, the last point I'm going to make is that uh, it does take profit to survive in this business. And so if you're thinking about buying a motorcycle and you want to go get the best deal ever and you got, you're dealing with a dealership that is undercutting all of its competition, I can guarantee you almost that that dealership is going to go under sooner than later because that's the way it's happened. Every time I've been, we've been doing Soundwriter 20 years. I watched a lot of dealers come and go, and the ones who go are the ones who undercut sales. And so, if you if you think you're going to save a bunch of money, think about how much money you might have to spend to drive farther to go get service, to go get tires, to go get parts, because that shop may not be there anymore. So uh, I. I I hate to tell you this this way, but if you're thinking about buying a bike, pay full price for it. Well, that's true, and that's as part of that education process. You know, we talk to obviously you and I, a lot of general managers and a lot of owners, and I don't think a lot of people realize that on a good line, a motorcycle may only make a few percentage points about in 11, profit. Eleven percent typically. Well, sometimes even less. Even that, I'm told. I'm told now a good line will bring in five to six percent. Ah. Yeah. So if you're talking about something at five percent, if you're selling ten million dollars in merchandise and mm-hmm. you're making five hundred thousand dollars in profit off of that, you know you can pretty much buy a, a long term CD for that, and that certainly does not perform the S and P. So. Your uh, your your point <laughs> your point is well taken. What I would add on to that too is that if you are looking for a new motorcycle, go talk to everybody in the shop, including the GM. Like don't, you don't have to j- build a relationship with the shop. You don't have to just talk to the salesperson. Oh yeah, you know, go say, hey, I, I really want to buy this motorcycle. Can I meet the GM? And these GMs, they'd love to talk to you. Most people don't know who's working on their bike when they go in for service. And you can ask, though. And and you can learn these people's names. You can build a relationship with them. And that way, in the middle of the riding season, when you're supposed to leave for your weekend trip in three days, and all of a sudden your clutch cable goes out. You need a favor. Yeah, you can call up and you can say, hey, it's it's Tom or it's Derek, and uh, I'm going on this trip. Can you squeeze me in? Remember when I paid full price for that bike three months ago? It's the truth, though. And I mean, I've even heard stories where guys have relationships with people at the shop, you know, they'll come out and they'll pick up your bike. I'm not saying everyone will do this, but these are the things and the relationships that you can build. So, 
you know, never when something tragic like this happens do you want to put the entire onus on, say, the customer particularly. But it is a nice reminder to say, hey, if you are part of the motorcycle community, make an effort to take that extra step because these guys will take you up on it. That is a great tip. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got news bites. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible by... Adventure Motorsports, Stomish County's largest selection of Yamaha and Suzuki motorcycles, ATVs, quads, and UTVs are available in Monroe at Adventure Motorsports. Celebrating a decade of top-rated sales, service, parts, and accessory support, hit the road and visit Adventure Motorsports today. Hey, I'm Don Hutchins. I'm the editor of the Washington State BMW Riders newsletter, The Shaft. I live in Kingston. My favorite ride is the Tahuya Peninsula on my K1600 with my sweetie on the back. This is James Holter from the American Motorcyclist Association, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. studio on the sound rider show and transitioning from maybe a little bit more of a sour subject to some nicer items in the news here let's start off with uh, some fall riding ideas tom what do you got so we got an article up on sound rider right now with some fall riding ideas yeah places that you could uh get to it's not snowing yet uh and you know i know that uh, september was kind of wet it was but you, you just never know. A week from now, it could be 75 degrees outside. That's right. And Perfect e- time to ride. Don't hang those bikes up yet. Well, even if it's 55 degrees and rainy, that still can be a good time to ride too, right? Get your rain gear on and go out there and see the sights. Uh, I mean, I'll ride in the rain, but it's work. It's nothing like riding on a nice day. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, it doesn't pale in comparison to that. But if you've got good rain gear and you've got a little... Uh, intestinal fortitude get out there enjoy life yeah and do like i do you know make it make it a hydrotherapy tour you're going to get all wet on your bike and then you're going to go to mcminimums and soak in the hot pools that's right yeah Mm. be as wrinkled as you possibly can by the end of that looking like a prune man no matter what uh hey i want to uh take a moment and uh thank uh, i-90 motorsports for coming back on board as a supporter of Soundrider. very exciting we've had them on and off over the the two decades that we've been around and they're back and and we really appreciate it yeah so. and you want to talk about a uh, a knowledgeable staff with a good selection that's a that's a great dealership you know a lot of those guys that work in that store have been in the motorsports industry for a long time yeah lincoln wolford's over there now he's probably doing and parts and accessories. He he was at RMC 20 years ago. There is some lineage there. And even the guys who haven't been around that long, we did a story earlier this year on uh, their Yamaha tech who was best in the nation. Oh, yeah, that's right. Remember that? Yeah. Yep. yep. So uh, good shop. And also, if you, if, if you have other favorite things to do outdoors, like snowmobiling yep. or watercraft, they're, they're loaded with all that stuff, too. Uh, let's see. We we also had a little blip on our social media page about motorcycle decor for your home. This is an article that came up in I don't know one of the one of the interest magazines. Yeah, was it Ride Apart? 
I don't know. Did it? I, I felt know. like it came from like a, a New York Times or something like that. Might be. I thought it was even larger than yeah, that. Go but. find it on our Facebook yeah. page, and you can link to it. Uh, this is actually some kind, of, kind of some cool ideas. You yeah. Know, those uh, like those five canvas panels that were all different sizes of the one image put together. That was really cool. Yeah, there was some nice stuff. It beats just parking your uh, motorcycle in your living room and calling it decor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get fancy. Uh, thanks to everybody who played Cafe to Cafe. The uh, the competition has ended. We had about eighty nine people this year play. That's great. And I think I haven't done all my numbers yet, but uh, I think we had about twenty finishers who completed. So that's that's cool. But you know, you don't have to you don't have to finish to have fun. No, go at your own you pace. Just get that list of those restaurants and enjoy them anytime. Uh, Seattle Cycle Center is going to get some electric scooters. They've been looking for them for a while, and I guess they found something that they like. Very cool. And so uh, it's called the NUI. And those will be in either later this fall or early spring. Keep an eye out. You know, I kind of wonder now, we're starting to, I wonder if we're starting to hit a sort of, trajectory point in the electric motorcycle market now i feel like there's a lot of chatter obviously the live wire is a big deal but i'm kind of wondering if now you know are we going to in three or four years are we all of a sudden going to see a a battery range on like a zero that goes 400 miles are we starting to i would hope that will happen yeah you know we should we should uh put a little grid together and see how that has already that's a great idea yeah um but i think that electric scooters make a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, the price will be probably decent. Uh, I think they're looking at like four grand or something. I'm not sure. sure. We'll have to see when they hit the floor. But um, as a as a commuting device, now that's that's a good deal. Definitely. And those you just plug into a wall charger, and you're good to go. So you can carry it with you and take it to work and plug it in downstairs or whatever. Um, but that makes sense to me. And you know, people like to commute on two wheels here and there. So. Um, Maybe maybe we're going to see some electric scooters around. Yeah, soon. well, I'll tell you what. You know, you talk about if the price is four grand, uh, you can save almost two hundred dollars a month in parking costs if you live in downtown or if you work in downtown. Ah, you true. Know? So a lot of people will pay maybe fifty dollars a month to park a motorcycle or a scooter in mm-hmm. their workplace garage, as opposed to two hundred and fifty or even three hundred and fifty dollars a month. Uh, for a car. so And if they charge it at work, they won't even have to pay for their, quote, fuel. That's right, yeah. So wait until you get to work to charge it. Yeah. Okay? Don't <laughs> Inclu- charge it at home. You'll- Include that in the employment contract. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, there's a new uh, sort of a brand of scooters. This is done through the uh, Genuine Scooter Company, and, and they're making a brand called the Royal Alloy. And if you stand in front of these things, they look just like a Piaggio Vespa. Interesting. So uh, you can find those also at Seattle Cycle Center. They make a GT150. And my guess is they're probably a little more reliable than an old Vespa. Than an old Vespa? Yeah, you're probably right on that. You know, they actually – you said this was genuine? Genuine, yeah. Yeah, they've come a long way in the last couple of years. They have. A lot they of their fits and finishes. And, yeah. And, and they got a lot of a lot of nice scooters out there. So now. it's pretty cool to see. And also, of course, if you're down at Seattle Cycle Center, another place to pick up some great gear, including rain gear for the fall mm-hmm. season. Yeah, and they've they got a whole bunch of new rain gear in stock. Yeah. Uh, okay, Kawasaki redid the entire KLX lineup. 
And I was up at Skagit Power Sports the other day. They had them all lined up in a row. Um, that lineup includes about six or eight dirt bikes as well as two dual sport bikes now. That's right. So now we've got a – instead of a KLX 250, there's now a KLX 300 as well, yeah. right? And a KLX 230? 230. Okay. So that's three, isn't it? Yeah. 230, 250, and 300. So that's interesting that they have everything that close together. But I, I'm, I'm excited to see the 300 because I think that might make a nice little dual sport bike. Yeah. Well, they had that, that Versus 300. I wonder if they're using the same power plant in that. Would they put a twin in the? Uh, I don't know. Or is the 300 a single? You know, I look. Uh, I got to get one in front of me. Yeah, I? I'll have to double double check on that. Uh, okay, there's a new motorcycle movie. It's going to come straight to cable cutter TV. No theaters on this one. All right. Maybe they might show it. You know, or they might bicycle around to a couple art theaters and that sort of thing. It's called uh, Oil in the Blood. You can search for that on the internet to find out more about it. It's uh, quite a lot of documentary interviews with various custom bike builders from around the world. Okay, so this is a documentary then. This isn't like a a Sons of Anarchy sort of uh, fictional adaptation or anything like that. No. Okay, uh cool. So that's something for you to think about uh, in the fall. I think it comes on uh, October 14th is the date I saw. It's supposed to pop up at Amazon Prime. It's supposed to pop up in some other places. So You know, that's an interesting point. A lot of these uh, services that you have, whether it's Netflix or Amazon Prime, you don't realize it, but there's some motorcycle content out there. If you haven't searched for that, yeah. you know, you oh, should yeah. do a little, uh, a little keyword search and see what you can come up with. Get a little binge watching going yeah, for fall. absolutely. Put on some weight in the winter. Watch every one of those sons of animals. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, this month, or last month, actually, uh, uh, Honda announced they're going to bring the Africa Twin in for 2020 with 1,100cc motor in it. Yeah. So that's 100 more than the last one. And I think uh, this puts it up um, over 100 horsepower now, too, right? Yeah, I think they said it will go straight up a wall. Yeah. <laughs> Well, why not? Keep innovating. If people are out there, they want it. I mean, by all accounts, the Africa Twin has been a uh, a pretty good bike. So, yeah, a little more power. And I think actually it ended up a little lighter, too, if I heard correctly. Yeah, they said it was, uh, what, 40 pounds lighter? Yeah, so yeah. you get more horsepower and you lose a little weight. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, uh, I wish I'd come back with an NX650 because I crashed mine and I'd like to get a new one. Well, and, you know, they don't really have much. I mean, you know, they got the XL650 yeah. in the lineup, but that's like 25-year-old technology. That technology goes all the way back to my NX650. Well, it's uh, definitely one of those motorcycles where the only tool you need to bring is a hammer, right? You can just <laughs> – it's a tool that fixes everything. Actually, I got a buyer on my bike, and – we may see it around again. Oh, really? That's great. Yeah. Yeah, the lineage continues. Uh, let's see. Arai has a new helmet called the Regent X. And you know, Arai's are not cheap helmets. No, they're not. But this one, actually, I thought was pretty reasonably priced. For basic colors, it's $560. And for anything with fancy graphics, you'll pay 690 which is not Really bad price for top-grade helmet these days. No, that is. It's a pretty good range for an Arai, and we mention it quite frequently on the show here. But if you've had your helmet for three or four years, even if you haven't been in an accident or even if you haven't dropped it tragically, might be time to start thinking about replacing it. You could stretch a good one like that out to about seven years. There you go. But it really comes down to that to that styrofoam up in there hardening up. Well, mm-hmm. let's let's say, though, that you're on still your first helmet, your $200 
get me out the door. I'm just learning to ride helmet. If you've had that for a few years, maybe it's time to get an awry. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. And you owe it to your brain yes. to put an awry or a showy or an AGV around it. That's or right. some of those new bells. Some of those new bells They've have got really some great, great technology. In yeah. Them. Uh, let's see. You got a rumor here that Spokane Motorsports is moving. That's right. So out in uh, Spokane, they actually they have the new building secured, and they're working on the remodel here. So they're going to be moving across town to a place uh, that's got a lot more square footage in a lot bigger parking lot, and uh, they're excited out there. So, so when you say across town, is that east or west? Oh, boy. Or now north or so. You're testing my, uh, my Spokane geography Are they going to be close to I-90? They are fairly close to I-90, yeah. But they, okay. won't, they won't have frontage on I-90. Okay. But uh, it won't be too far off of... Uh, so they won't be next door to Westside Motorsports? No, no, no. They're still closer to uh, the, the downtown side. So they're okay. still on the east side of downtown. Okay. Yeah. That would be east. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Good. We'll have to go check that out next yeah. time we make our way out to Spokane. Or Spokorn, as some people call it. <laughs> well, it's that time of year. And we're going to take a little break here. And when we come back, we've got the October calendar highlights. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible by Moon Motorcycles, a family run operation located in Issaquah, Washington. Moon Motorcycles features a diverse selection of used bikes to choose from. Whether you're shopping for a used sport bike, cruiser, dual sport, sport touring, or street standard, you owe it to yourself to visit Moon Motorcycles and look over their large inventory. Have you got a used bike you want to consign? Get in touch with Moon Motorcycles today. Hey, I'm Gordon from West Seattle, and uh, one of my favorite recent rides was the Reuben Run down in Oregon. Hi, this is Mark from Valentine Motorworks, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. Welcome back to the Sound Rider Show, the October edition, with plenty of good riding ahead. We've actually got a pretty full calendar here, and uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg. If you want to see full details on what's going on in the Pacific Northwest, you can check it out, soundrider.com slash calendar. Yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah. Uh, old bike night down in Georgetown, happening on Wednesday, October 2nd. Hey, maybe it'll be raining, huh? I think there's a decent chance of that. If, if you don't mind the rain and you don't like big crowds, good old bike night. You'll have a great time. That's right. Yeah. yeah bring your old bike with you, too. <laughs> uh, and then getting back into some of the usual things here as well, uh, the Gucci Group will be meeting out at Crane Corner near Enumclaw on Saturday the 5th for their monthly breakfast, and then they always take a ride after. You don't have to ride a Gootsie yeah. to go. get out there and hang out. And then uh, tell us the other event that's happening on the 5th. That's right. So back out in Spokane at uh, Lone Wolf Harley-Davidson, they are doing a Freaks and Rats car and bike show. So they're looking to get some unique rides out there. And those guys always put on a lot of big events throughout the year. They do a, a great job out there. So if you're on the east side of the state, you like cars, you like motorcycles, go and have some fun. It's the, it's the Halloween season, a little early. 
And you don't have to be a freak and you don't have to be a rat to go. No, I mean, it's likely that you will be, but you don't have to be. Or you could become one while you're there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Transition. Uh, on Sunday the 6th, the Washington State BMW riders are having their breakfast and ride. Uh, I, I looked on their calendar. There wasn't any details if this was north or south sound. I don't know where the location is, uh, but maybe you can find it on their Facebook page or something like that. Uh, they usually do a, a north sound in one month and then the south sound the other month. Yeah. So. Do they do that year-round, you know? They don't. Okay. Um, what they do is they'll do them from fall into spring, and then for summer they stop their rides so, because everybody's going riding somewhere else. So. Makes sense, yeah. yeah. And they do their rally in the summer. And of so. course, yeah. Uh, Sunday, the 13th, up north, I think this is up in uh, Whatcom County, oldest enduro event the cowbell enduro i think this thing's like almost 100 years old or or older no kidding so uh details about specifically where that is are on our calendar and put it in the listing here wow well you asked for more cowbell and you got it mo cowbell <laughs> bring you you gotta bring a cowbell you, you must not go without a cowbell that's right um, on Wednesday the 16th, we believe there may be a backfire moto down in Georgetown, but as of my putting this together yesterday, we couldn't find anything definitive. No so, confirmation. These guys yeah. always kind of play it by ear at the end of the yeah. year a little bit, so... Yeah, at this time of year, we don't know if they're going to do it or not. So you got to watch their Facebook page, because that's where they'll put up the date at. Um... Okay, then uh, Danese, who is going to be here. Did I say that right, Danese? Is it Danese or Dianese? I don't know, because if you say di it's actually spelled D-A-I. So that would be Dianese. I can't even say that. Well, let's see if we can clear it up during the interview section. Yeah, right? we'll, yeah. Do, we'll do a little interview here in a bit. with uh, Her name is Janelle, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be here, and we're going to do an interview with her. Um, but anyway, so this was happening at the store down in uh, Soto here, or down in Portland, or up in Vancouver. They are sending their corporate tailor to each of these locations. On the 18th, they'll be in Portland. On the 19th, they'll be in Seattle. And on the 22nd, they'll be in Vancouver. And uh, what this guy does is he takes 22 measurements of your body wow. so that you can have a custom suit built. So if you're looking to get into track, uh, track riding or road racing and, uh, the next year, or if you've been involved and you've worn out your suit, man, this is a way to get top quality gear. Yeah, and you tell them what, what patches you want sewn into it. So, you know, if nice. you want the Honda patch on it or... The Ducati patch. Yeah, sure. The Sound Rider patch. Let's you have the Sound yeah. Rider patch. Yeah, put that one in. So, uh, so that's happening. And there's uh, there's uh, actually an article about this on Sound Rider right now that you can read. And then just stick with the show here. And our next interview is with Janelle from the store down uh, in Seattle. That's here. right. Yeah. Uh, and tell me about this uh, guy's night. Yeah, so again, if you're in the center of the state, if you're looking for something to do, down at Thunder Alley Motorsports in Tri-Cities, which is the Indian dealership there, they're doing what they're calling a guy's night out. So they've got uh, a bunch of uh, vendors that are coming down, um, things that are all very, I, I guess, guy-themed. So they've got like a beard oil manufacturer. I think they're going to be doing like hot shaves, and then they've got some military-themed uh 
guys that are going to be out there that produce. I'm not sure exactly the full list, but they put on great events out there. They've got a great team, and it's a it's a great floor space out there. So if you're in the Tri-Cities and you want to go and hang out, that's a great, great group of guys to do it with. All right. Uh, and then last on our list of highlights here is uh, on the 26th, that's Saturday, down at the Emerald Queen Casino in Fife. Uh, it will be the Washington Motorcycle Hall of Fame. This is uh, an annual awards dinner that they do. And uh, Sean, longtime motorsports enthusiast here in uh, Puget Sound, puts this on. And this year they are going to pay tribute to Bob Budshat. That's right. And I think uh, when he passed away, that was 2017, I believe, right? Yeah. And you, I think, at that time did a nice article on Sound Rider. He uh, is quite the legend here in the Northwest. He had, he he was doing it all. Yeah, for a while he was racing in all kinds of places. So, and I think you can buy tickets to that event if you want to go and check it out. And again, it's at the Emerald Queen Casino. Yep, and and your money supports the work that Sean does with the Washington Museum. Very cool, or, or the Mot- Motorcycle Hall of Fame. Very is. cool. All right. Well, let's take a little break. When we come back, we've got our interview with Janelle. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by I-90 Motorsports, your Eastside destination for Honda, Yamaha, Triumph, KTM, Suzuki, and Can-Am sales and service. Does your taste for outdoor fun go beyond two wheels? I-90 Motorsports has you covered with a wide range of sleds, watercraft, UTVs, and side-by-sides, too. Check them out online today at i90motorsports.com. Hello, my name is Jack. I'm from Marysville. One of my favorite roads to ride on in the state of Washington is the Canyon Road that goes from Sela, Washington to Ellensburg. And the best time to ride it is generally after 6 o'clock on a uh, weekday because there's no state patrol. Thanks. Hello, this is Bob Owen from the Sound Rider Crew. The Northwest is indeed a great place to ride a motorcycle, both on the pavement and off. But right now, you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. We are back on the Soundwriter Show. I'm Tom Marin, the publisher, and Derek has ducked out to go join in on the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. However, I have a special guest with me here, so you don't have to listen to me talk for 10 or 20 minutes alone. Uh, I have Janelle Matson here from the Denese store down in the Soto District of Seattle. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. You guys have a special event coming up this month, and I thought it was kind of cool. And um, tell, tell, tell the listeners what you got coming up here. Sure. We have a Custom Works event here happening on October 19th, which is a Saturday. Um, the way that this event works is you schedule your appointment to do a custom fitting. We have options for D-Air leather suits. We have jackets and pants. Uh, you'll come in, we'll measure you head to toe, you'll you'll do your custom color options if you choose to, as well as patches, shoulder plates, elbow plates, knee sliders, you can get as crazy as you want to. And uh, 
you'll place your order, we'll submit it, and it takes about 8 to 12 weeks to get your custom suit. And uh, this is pretty uh, articulate. You guys do, what mm-hmm. is it, 22 different measurements? 22, yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then uh, how many different patches are available? Oh, geez. In the leather swatches, I think there's 20 colors. Okay. Oh, in, in yeah, but now uh, you get to pick the patches you want, right? You can. So depending on what you choose, uh, you can do any kind of already approved logo. So say Pirelli is approved. You can do a Pirelli patch. If you have a local club, you can have that patch put on there. It all depends on what you want to okay. put. If that makes sense. You can put your last name on your butt. You can put it on your arm. You can put it on your chest. And there will be a list of the patches available when someone arrives? Not necessarily. It depends on what you're looking for. Okay. So So I want a Honda patch. Can I get one? You'll have to get approval from Honda, and then we can put it on your suit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So we can't just throw patches on there if they don't want their name on your suit. Huh. Yeah. Oh, because they have their, their own little clothing line, don't they? It's not really that. It's just a matter of... Branding. So I can't put a Ducati logo on a random suit. We need to have approval from Ducati to do that. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I have to go get the approval, right? Mm-hmm. It's your oh. responsibility. That's I a know. bit of work. I know. Well, actually, it's not as much. You'd be surprised how easy it is to get a hold of those people. <laughs> I've never had a setback in eight years of doing custom work. So no one so. ever said no? No. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's just a matter of doing your due diligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so um, the store, well, let's go back to the event real quick. Sure. Um, part of what you're doing by having, so you're having like your corporate tailor come through town, yes. right? yep. And then at the same time, the staff is getting training on how to do this custom fit. Correct. So after this event, any of the full-time employees or myself will be able to do custom measurement at any time. All right. So yeah. like you get, you're getting like certified. Correct. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, the store opened up at the end of May this year. Mm-hmm. You're down on First Avenue near... Yes, we are right in front of CenturyLink Field. Okay. Mm-hmm. You ever get a ball? You ever catch a ball? No, <laughs> we have not. <laughs> um, and so you're carrying, uh, obviously you're carrying a Denacy brand, mm-hmm. but um, you have a helmet line as well now. Correct. We have AGV. And so AGV's kind of a, a heritage helmet line, right? Mm-hmm. Over like 30, 40 years mm-hmm. in business. It's around the same time frame as Denacy, but it was purchased in the 90s. Okay. Mm-hmm. By the by the company that owns Denacy? Correct. Okay. Yeah. They became one in the same. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what else? Tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, I started in this industry in 2010. I went to school in Florida to become a Ducati tech. And oh, then wow. I, yeah, then I got hired at Moto Corsa in Portland. Quickly realized I don't want the responsibility of wrenching on bikes. So I moved into the apparel side to keep people safe on motorcycles. And it's all been history from there. And so uh, you worked under Arun. I did. He was a... Uh, uh, Stellar guy. He is. He still is. <laughs> he still is, yeah. yeah. But he's not at the store anymore, right? No, he left in 20, oh, 2016, I yeah, think. Yeah, he was splitting his time between us and Ferrari in 2016. And then in 2018, he finally made the decision to go to Ferrari full-time and has been doing that since. So is there is there someone to lead the way with all the, the late-night parties and that sort of thing? <laughs> there now? is. We had... We had a GM for a short time who left and bought a dealership in Texas. And then Jason Wilson, he was 
he's been working for the store for over 10 years and uh-huh. he took over as the general manager. And was he the one in that, uh, what was that, uh, interesting photograph that went around the calendar? Yeah. <laughs> He was in the calendar. So will we see a Danese calendar at all? No. Um, Danese retail is very corporate. Uh, that is not something that they want in their image. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have already done that. <laughs> and for those who, who don't remember this calendar, as I recall, um, all the guys dressed up like women. Yeah. So bikes. we used a, um, we had done when the Panigale came out in 2000. 13, we did a calendar with uh, a woman named Kylie, and we decided, you know what would be more fun than that? Let's use the employees and do the mimicking poses that she did and then put it together and put it in a calendar. Yeah. yeah. So that was 2013. Well, it was actually the end of 2012 for a 2013 calendar, and I still see it in all the women's motorcycle groups of women like, how dare they say this about them? And I'm like, let me show you the other half of this. So it's pretty fun. <laughs> Um, now you have been, uh, showing MotoGP on Sundays, mm-hmm. although that's over for now because of the football games. Yes. So the foot traffic has been very low on Sundays, uh, due to ever since the football season started. So we shut down on Sundays and we will start back up March 1st and then MotoGP every Sunday that we are open. What time does that start? Oh, well, I guess it's different each day. Each we Sunday, open right? at noon. So if MotoGP has already been has already happened, we will open at noon showing MotoGP. If it's, like, say, in Austin, it starts at 2. Okay. So, yeah, so you can get, like, the uh, subscription. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And then just show it uh, on demand, I Correct. guess. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What else, is, uh, what else is going on with the store? Anything special for the holidays coming up? Uh, we'll, of course, have a Black Friday sale, and that's really it right now. There's not a whole lot happening during the off-season, but... We'll do. We'll go to bike nights. There's uh, the backfire, and then the wick. We show up there and hang out with other people, but that's not really necessarily to promote the store so much as just get out there and let people know. Just kind of be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's also other lines in the store. So no. if I ride a bicycle or if I have equestrian. Oh yes. So we do have the bicycle line. We're working on bringing in the ski line, but I think that they're phasing out the equestrian line. I have not seen oh, okay. anything new in a couple of years. And uh, I recall seeing on the site that I could bring my gear in to get it cleaned. Mm, is that right? I can clean it for you, um, but our store, unfortunately, is not getting the sanitizing station the other stores have. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. but I can still clean it if you want to bring it in. It's just not going to get sanitized on the inside. Well, are you going to take it down <laughs> to your house and put it in a washing machine? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> no, but I can clean leathers. I have a cleaning kit there, so it just takes a little longer than the sanitizing station. Well, we're into, uh, we're into healthy food here okay and uh i i know derek's out doing the ride right now mm-hmm. but he had a question he wanted to know uh on the leather that you use is that is that grass-fed cows or? <laughs> i actually don't know the answer to that um <laughs> however i do know that they have been using the same cows from the same farm since the late 70s oh wow so are they specially bred for motorcycle suits? i honestly don't know i just know that when i went to Mulvana in 2014 they made it a point to let me know that they are still using the same leather from the same farm since the 70s interesting i don't interesting. i would assume that's true because that's what they told me but you never know all right so yeah. your event is october 18th 
19th. That's what you're... 19th, that's yes. right. It'll be in Portland on the 18th. Correct. Your store on the 19th, mm-hmm. and then uh, we just called it out in the calendar earlier, but a week later, it's up in Vancouver. Yes. Yep. So uh, definitely uh, take some time. Go check out the store if you haven't checked it out yet. See what's going on in there. And if you want to get a custom suit done, you know, just... Tell your tell your partner that you need this custom suit. I mean, just explaining that you might need to upgrade to the D-Air system is good enough. And and you said it's a seven to eight weeks turnaround time? Yeah, and it's not necessarily a guarantee it's going to fit perfect the first time, so it's important to let people know it is custom tailored just like a suit. So when you come in, we measure you, we bring the suit in. If it doesn't fit perfect, this is why we do this in the off-season. So we can Uh, send it back out and make any alterations that are needed. Good point. Mm -hmm. Good point. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. We are going to take a little break. And when we come back, I'm going to go see if I can uh, pull Derek out of the distinguished gentleman's ride and do a tip and trick with us. We'll be right back. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by... Valentine Motorworks, Seattle's independent service shop specializing in BMW motorcycles and beyond. Call or visit them to discuss your next service or restoration project soon. Find them online at valentinemotorworks.com. Hi, this is Tracy Jeffries, and I'm one of the Dirty Girls. And one of the places that I love to go get dirty at is over in the Leavenworth Plain area. Good morning. This is Wayne Elston from South Sound Motorcycles, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. on into the final segment here on this October edition of the Sound Rider Show. And of course, we wouldn't leave you without some tips and tricks. Tom, do you got one fired up or do you want me to lead off here? I got one. What do you got? Um, if you work at a software company, don't buy a motorcycle shop if you're not going to quit your software day job. Oh, come on, oh, man. <laughs> that wasn't a tip. That wasn't a tip. Hey, running a business, period, is tough. You know that it as is. well as anyone. So, yeah. you know, in that respect, it is a, it's a real challenge. <laughs> if I was an absentee owner, there'd be nobody here. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, my tip is this. If you have an injury on a motorcycle... Mm-hmm. I want you to get off the bike and don't get back on it until you're completely healed up. Don't feel like you got to go prove to everybody that it's not so bad and all that. And if you're doing physical therapy, do it. Do it every day. Stick with it. You know, some of us aren't getting any younger. Right. And the last thing that uh, we want to have is like some arthritis because we decided we'd only do the PT every other day and things didn't quite go the way they were supposed to go. And we're stuck with it for life now that way. And we don't want to have that happen. So that's my tip. No, you should be out there riding well into your old age as long as you can maintain balance and you feel comfortable on a motorcycle. And one way to extend the longevity of your riding career is if you do have any setbacks along the way. To make sure you're healthy before you get back on the bike. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And people do fall off their motorcycles. That's why I brought this up. Yes, that does happen, certainly. So (laughs) don't do that. That's my tip. 
Uh, so I'm just going to reiterate the uh, the tip I left earlier in the show, which is if you're going to be out shopping for a new motorcycle or if you're going to be out shopping for gear and you're down at the local dealer, just take the time to go and introduce yourself to the people that you're going to be working with for the life of that motorcycle. Yep. These General Motors, these salespeople, a lot of them are very experienced, and you'll find that they are super enthusiasts. A lot of these guys race on the weekends, whether it's dirt. A lot of these guys will be at the track on the weekends, and you'll be surprised by not only how much they know, but how eager they are to talk to you and to build that relationship. So, And, you know, you were talking about uh, getting special favors sure. when you know these people. You know, I have a, a, a kind of a, a good little story to tell. Yeah. Um, one day I was riding in the woods on a Saturday, and I got a nail in my tire, Uh-oh. and my tire went around about 50 times before I finally pulled the bike over and, and you know, tried to figure out what was yeah. wrong. And I realized, oh, I got a nail in there, pulled the nail out, took the tire off, and that poor little inner tube was so pockmarked because that nail didn't hit the backside in the same spot every time right. since it was deflating, and it was it was toast. Well, guess what? I didn't have, I always carry one now, but I didn't have a spare tube with me. So, bonus tip called my friends at the motorcycle shop in Seattle and I said, Hey, I need a tube, but um, I can't get to where, I can't get to your shop in time. And they said, Well, we'll stick it around on the back side of the building. And so, uh, I had uh, Connie pick it up that Sunday morning yep. off of the back side of the building, and she brought it to me out in, uh, I don't know, North Bend. And then uh, Sunday afternoon or Sunday, late Sunday morning, we went up and changed that inner tube and finished up what we were doing. Yeah. But, um, you know, if, if you don't know the people at the shop, it's kind of kooky to try to cut a deal like that that's exactly right yeah and that's just one of the many benefits there and you know that's always kind of one of the things we wrestle with you talk about riding on the weekend is well motorsports dealerships they want to get out and ride too so they're oftentimes closed on sunday Mm -hmm. so something happens to your bike on a saturday at 3 p.m if you can make that phone call and you can figure out a way to work things out man you can enjoy the rest of your weekend exactly yeah all right that is our october show who knows what's going to happen the rest of the month. I think uh, November should also be an interesting show. We'll have some follow-up and hopefully some more details on this whole situation out here in Seattle, huh? That's what we will do. Yeah. We will definitely do that. We'll, we'll put our best you. reporters on it. Keep an eye on uh, on Soundwriter. Keep an eye on News Bites. Watch our social media if you want to, whatever. And we'll see you all back here on the November show. <laughs> The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of mixed media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.